Yes, amen. The longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. I'd like to call to your attention a couple of passages, and we'll have several other references in regard to the main passage, but turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter number 1. And might I say, that's one of the easiest books to find in the Bible, in Genesis chapter number 1. And I want to read for your hearing verses 1 through 4. And verse number 10. And then we will go over to the New Testament to 2 Corinthians 5.17 and read one verse there. Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. And verse number 10. In the beginning. In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And in verse number 10, And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called he seas, S-E-A-S, seas. And God saw that it was good. Now we'll come back to that. But right now let's go over to the New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse number 17, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Now, in the King James, sometimes the word is translated not just creature, but creation. Same word. He is a new creation. He is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I do not suppose there is a present, a person that's present in the service this morning who at one time or another in your life thought it might be a good idea if you could just go back in time and pick up where you used to be and relive the years you've lived up to the present hour. I know that's true with me even as a teenager. I thought about that many, many times. How good would it be to go back and undo, undo some things that I had done and unsay some things that I had said to be able to go back and change it all, just to blot it out. And I think that's a natural thing. I think it's a normal thing. It was a happy day in my life when I found out that I could get a new start in life. A new start. I don't mean going back and 
trying to change some of the things on my own strength, but go back in a different way to find out if I could get a new and fresh start in the present and go on from there. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. A new beginning. And really, this is a new beginning. This is uh, 2022. And we have never, ever traveled this way before. And if God gives us grace, this is the road we're going to be walking for the next year. A new beginning. I thought about the fact that this is January. And January is the first month of the year. This is when we try to maybe do some things that we have not done and stop doing some things we have done called resolutions that usually don't mean a whole lot. Sounds pretty good at the time. But what I'm saying is this, a new beginning is very important. A new beginning. Salvation provides us with a new beginning. If any man be in Christ. He is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Hallelujah for that. Old things are passed away. And behold, all things are become new. Three things are stated here concerning a new beginning, starting all over again, okay? But they're stipulated with this statement, being in Christ. It's always in Christ. Our new beginning begins in Jesus Christ. Now, the scripture says, if any man, if any man, I do not care about who he is, where he came from, or what he thinks of himself. If any man, that is without Restriction. If any man, there's no restriction to his race. Whether he be white, whether he be black, whether he be yellow, regardless of where he came from, it's not restricted. If any man, it's not restricted to riches. It's not if a rich man will do this. No, no. It's if any man, any man, it's not restrictive to recognition. Some people think they're very important, and some people are very important. Some, it does not seem, are as important as others. No, no, he's not talking about any restrictions here. If any man, any man, if any man, being in Christ results in salvation. It's to be in Christ. And salvation provides us with that new beginning. In the book of Ephesians chapter number 1, states the importance of being in Christ. In that first chapter, there are 23 verses. And did you know that you'll find the statement or its equivalent in Christ... In Christ, almost every time in all 23 verses. There are a few verses that don't specify it. 
But generally that's the theme throughout the entire first chapter of the book of Ephesians. Looking at it, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus, to the faithful, and there it is, in Christ Jesus. Not to everybody, but to those who are in Christ Jesus. And you go down to verse number 3. Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Notice it is in Christ. In Christ. Verse number 4. According as he hath chosen us in him. And then it provides us with just a slight variation in verse number 6. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted. How are we accepted by God? In the beloved. And who is the beloved? None other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Jumping down to verse number 10. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ. In Christ. Both which are in heaven, that is, saints who have gone on to be with the Lord, and living saints on this earth, which are on earth even in Him. He gets carried away with this, in Christ. It's in Christ. Verse 11, in whom we have obtained an inheritance, predestinated to the purpose of Him who worketh all things after the counsel of whose? Whose own will? His own will. Verse 12, that we should be to the praise of the glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom you also trusted the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise in Christ. If any man be in Christ, being in Christ results in salvation. Now, being without Christ guarantees condemnation. There is a sharp difference between the two. Being in Christ, there's blessing, there's salvation, there's joy, there's spiritual life. But being without Christ, that results in condemnation. He picks up on that thought in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and in sins. Look at verses 11 and 12. Wherefore, remember. Some things we need to remember. Remember that you being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh, made by hands, that at that time, watch it now church, that at that time, when? Before we were regenerated, before we were quickened, before we were changed by the power of God, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens of the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God 
in the world. What he's saying in verse 12 is, before you were regenerated and before you were quickened by the Holy Spirit, you were number one without Christ, you were without hope, and you were also without God. If any man be in Christ. Now, folk, not everybody's in Christ. Now, they can be in religion and not be in Christ. They can be in church and not be in Christ. They can live a pretty good moral life and not be in Christ. That is a very important thing. Being in Christ results in salvation. That's when our spiritual life begins. It's a new beginning. He says we're a new creation. A regeneration change takes place to make us different. A regeneration change is necessary to make us different. When a person receives Christ as his Savior, a new life begins for him. And that is called the new birth. Being born over. You say, well, I was born wrong the first time. You're absolutely right. We all were. But when you're born again, you're born right the second time. And change starts. And life does not begin when you are physically born. Life begins when you are spiritually born. It's starting all over at the very beginning where life comes on to play. I do so love John chapter number 3, where the Lord Jesus had the conversation with Nicodemus. There was a man of the Pharisees, John 3, named Nicodemus. He was a ruler of the Jews, very smart individual. The same came to Jesus by night, said unto him, Rabbi, we know... And he continued to say, we know, we know, we know. He was telling the Lord what he knew. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see or perceive the kingdom of God. Have to be born again to start all over. That's where the new beginning begins with the new birth. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily I say unto you, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. He's not talking about the water of baptistry. He's talking about the water of the womb. Every human birth can be described as being born of water. The first birth is a birth of water. The second birth is a birth of the spirit. That which is born of the flesh, that's flesh. We're not talking about that. But that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said you must be born Again, the wind bloweth where it listeth. Thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh or whither it goeth. The wind does not blow everywhere at the same time. 
It does not blow everywhere at the same time. It chooses where it will blow when it wants to blow. And the Spirit of God is the pneuma, is the wind of God. As Adam received the wind that God put into him, causing him to live, the Holy Spirit is the one who regenerates us and quickens us. Not by anything that we do, but because the wind blew in our direction and we needed it so desperately. All men need it, but the wind blows where it will. Nicodemus said, how can these things be? But the point being is, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. He's a new creation. He gets a new start, if you will, in life. And it's a beginning process. We were born not already adults. We were born little babies. We were born small children. Neither are we born again adults. We grow in grace and become more like the Lord. But but it's going back. It's starting all over. And then this precious thing. Old things are passed away. When a man is regenerated... Old things are passed away. When he has new life in Christ, old things are passed away. God erases the past. Boy, am I glad for that. Aren't you? God erases. We do so many stupid things. And isn't it strange we have to live for a long time until we wake up and figure out how stupid we really are and some of the things we've done in life. But God is so gracious when we are regenerated. He does something about that past. He blots it out. Now, that's not my opinion. That's what God's Word says in Isaiah thirty-eight seventeen, just jot the reference down. Behold, for peace I had great bitterness, but thou hast in love to my soul delivered it from the pit of corruption, for thou hast cast all my sins behind thy back. God has cast all The key is A-L-L, not some of the worst ones. He's cast them all behind his back, which brings forth an implication that God no longer looks on those things. They're behind his back. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 25, I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions, For mine own sake, isn't this something? When he blots out our transgressions, he does not do it for our sake, but he does it for his own sake and will not remember thy sins. Isn't it strange that even the dumbest people know how to remember sin? Let me give you a trite illustration, and most illustrations are trite. They just don't get along too well, but it's the best we have. Uh, so we, 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 we depend on illustrations sometimes. 
and this is true, it will not remember thy sins. Do you like a good joke? Have you ever noticed that it's difficult to remember the good jokes? But it's so easy to remember the dirty ones. You know what's wrong? It's because our brain's messed up. And we were born wrong to begin with. And we all need a new start in life. And that start is not anything that we do. It's what God does us through the Holy Spirit by blowing on us and regenerating us. And that's where we get our new beginning in Christ. Old things are passed away. I've always liked Psalm 103 verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. I don't care if you have 20-20 vision. You just can't see from the east to the west. It's too far out there. You can squint your eyes. You can get binoculars, but you can't see. God says as far as that distance is, which is an undeterminable distance, my dear friend, God has separated us from our sin. How many has he separated us from? All of them. Boy, that's life. That's getting a new start. That's going back and realizing what we were and how God has changed us because He's regenerated us and saved us and now we're new creatures in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. If any man without restriction be in Christ, he is a new creation Old things have passed away. And what is the other thing? All things are become new. We could spend hour after hour after hour talking about the new things. Things that are new. First of all, a man who's been regenerated and started out afresh and anew spiritually speaking has a new master He has a new master. Not the same master we've been serving, but a new master. In the book of Luke chapter number 16, it is worded that particular way. In Luke 16 verses 13 through 15, the Lord Jesus said, No servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And the Pharisees also who were covetous heard all these things, and they derided him. And he said unto them, You are they which justify yourselves before men, but God knoweth your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. That which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination unto God. We have a new master. When I think about a new master, I always think about the Apostle Paul going down the road to Damascus. Before the Lord saved him and before the Lord quickened him, he was going to destroy churches. He was going to put to death Christians. 
That was the main goal of his reason for traveling on the road to Damascus. Now, God knocked him off of his horse and revealed himself to him. And Paul said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? All that he had ever done from the day of his physical birth to the day that God stopped him on the road to Damascus, he did what he wanted to do, what he chose to do. He was his own God. But from that point of quickening by the Holy Spirit of God, he said, Lord, I want to change masters. I don't want to do the things I used to do. I don't want to go to the places I used to go. I don't want to have the same attitudes I used to have. I want to change in my life. And God changed him. And it was revealed by having a new master. And from that point on, everything that Paul did was for one thing, to glorify and honor the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the beginning. That's the beginning. Not only do we have a new master when we are regenerated in spiritual life, we have a new wardrobe. A new wardrobe. In the 61st chapter of the book of Isaiah, verse number 10, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with a robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments and as a bride adorneth herself with her jewels. A new wardrobe. The righteousness of Christ. No longer our self-righteousness, but his righteousness imputed to our account. And we learn to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is our Savior, a new wardrobe. I tried to find and didn't have much difficulty in finding it, the Gadarean demoniac in Mark chapter 5, verse 15. You know, when the Lord first stepped off that boat in Gadara, they had been Previously, on the waters of Galilee, a storm had occurred, but he wound up over there in Gadara, and there met him a man who was possessed with demons. And he is described as being a wretched individual. Many, many things are said about his deplorable condition. He was so dangerous, they made him live in the cemetery and wouldn't let him live in town. And Luke, as strange as it may seem, in chapter 8, verse 27, relates the same man. It says, he wore no clothes. He was so crazy, he could go around naked and it didn't bother him. But you know, Mark chapter 5, verse 15, tells us that when the Lord cast the demons out of him and quickened him and gave him life, The people came out to see what was done and they noticed, first of all, he was sitting. Second of all, I love this, he was clothed. Where did he get his clothes from? And in his right mind, new life. New life. A new beginning starts in Christ. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things 
have passed away. All things have become new. Not only a new master and a new wardrobe, but a new home. Did not the Lord say to his disciples before he left this earth to go to heaven, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. We are described, I believe, in the book of Ephesians as citizens without a home. We're not citizens of this earth. Our home is in heaven and we'll never be completely happy and satisfied until we get into our new home with our Lord Jesus Christ. The prodigal son fell from that position of having a home for a hog trough. And in that miserable condition, he said, how many servants of my father have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. And he started going back home to his father. And when he saw his father, he said, I'm sorry for the things I've done. He said, don't treat me as a son. I'm no longer a son. I'm a servant. And what was the response of the father? Bring forth the robe and put it on him. Put shoes on his feet. Put a ring on his finger. Let's have a party. My son that was lost has now been found. He had a new... He likes... He liked living with the father better than he did like living with the pigs. And I'm here to tell you today, we got a lot of religious people who go to church sometimes that they rather have fellowship with the pigs than with the father. You say, well, I always go to church on Sunday. What about Monday and Tuesday, and Wednesday, and Thursday. If any man be in Christ, in Christ, he is a new creature. And he also has a new outlook. What is my outlook? Well, one thing is, all things work together for good to those that love the Lord. People sometimes spend their entire life in total misery trying to change which cannot be changed. But when you come to know the Lord as your Savior, you realize you belong to a sovereign God and all things work together for good to them that love Him. It's a different thing altogether. No wonder in Philippians 4.13, Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There's no such thing as spiritual addiction for the child of God unless he imposes it upon himself. Let me say that again. There is no such thing as spiritual addiction for the child of God unless he imposes that addiction upon himself. Paul said in the book of Romans, sin shall not have dominion over you. We don't have to go around and say, oh, I'd give anything in the world if I could give this up, if I could quit this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So if any man be in Christ... He's a new creature. A regeneration change takes place and a radical change takes place. Radical. Ralph Bonner used to say, you really don't have to go out and tell anybody 
that the Lord has saved you, they're going to see it pretty soon. Huh? (laughs) And if they don't see it, probably we don't have a change to present to the world. This new beginning begins in regeneration. This new beginning, salvation, is seen in the new birth, but it's also seen in the creation of the earth. That's the first passage we read. The creation of the earth. Go back to Genesis chapter 1. How does it set forth our, a new beginning in Christ? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. There are only seven Hebrew words from which the translators had to translate that statement. And those Hebrew words, there are seven of them, and it would, in English, relate this. In beginning, God created heaven and earth. And he's not talking about in the beginning of time. He's talking about to begin with. God was going to create a heaven and an earth, and to begin with, he tells us how he did it. I want you to listen to this statement, and I hope that it may provoke some desire on your part to pursue this a little further. Man was created 6,000 years ago. I believe that with all my heart. But the earth was created before time began. In a dateless past, the earth suffered a cataclysmic judgment that completely enveloped it in water. Where do you, where do you get that? Well, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth, and the earth was without form and void. Now, the little word form is a Hebrew word, tohu. Tohu. And it means a waste, a desolation, and worthless. The little word V-O-I-D, void, means emptiness and nothing. It was a, a marvelous revelation to me, and I, I understood this as truth, and I preach it as truth. God doesn't make useless things God doesn't make useless things. God did not make what he created void and useless. It became void and useless after God made it. And what you find in the following verses of chapter number 1 is not a creation of what we have come to call the creation story of the universe. It is a restoration of what God had in a dateless past created, but had fallen because of a judgment. 
I said to begin with, man was created 6,000 years ago, but the earth was created before time began. And that earth that God made before time began was a beautiful earth, but it was totally rendered useless and void. Why? Doesn't say. It leaves us to gesticulate a little bit about it and think about it. And I do know this that when God cast Lucifer out of his presence, and he did that, read the book of Ezekiel, he was Lucifer before he was Satan. He was an anointed cherub of God, and when God cast Lucifer out of heaven, my dear friend, one-third of the angels that God had created fell with Lucifer Can you imagine how many millions of angels followed Lucifer? And we're told by some in sharing their thoughts about this, and I concur, it it makes sense to me, that when that great big cataclysmic judgment was executed by God, it had to do something with this earth that God in a dateless past had made. So what's that got to do with anything? Well, without form and without void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep and it covered everything. That refers to our total depravity. There's none good, no, not good, not one. Okay? We're not good because God made us. We're not bad because God made us bad. We became God's worst enemy. When Adam fell, he became an enemy of God, and we fell in Adam, and all men are sinners, and therefore we live in total darkness. Nicodemus was told by the Lord Jesus Christ, that he could not see the kingdom of God. That little word is to perceive. You cannot, the lost man cannot even think of spiritual things because it takes the Holy Spirit to quicken him. It takes a new beginning. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. It covered everything. And then something happened. It says, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Another thing is that when God made the earth, he didn't set this beautiful earth out here. I mean, as the, those who hold to uh, the fact that all of this speaks of God 6,000 years ago making the earth. He didn't make the beautiful earth out here. The earth was covered with water. You read where it says... He moved upon the face, the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the, that's all it was, is waters. Go down to verse number 7. God made the firmament, divided the waters which were above the firmament from the waters which were below the firmament, and it was so. God separated the waters until then the earth was enveloped as a baby in a mother's womb. Do you see that? And the Spirit of God moved. And it took the work of the Holy Spirit to bring beauty out of chaos. From that point on, it all begins to fit together. God made this. God made that. Day after, This is the first day. This is the second day. This is the third day. But it speaks of the salvation that we have in Christ. 
because the Holy Spirit is necessary in regeneration and bringing about a new life. The Holy Spirit is responsible and necessary in regeneration and new life. And then in verse number 3, God said, Let there be light. Well, we know who the light is. Jesus Christ said, I'm the light of the world. He that followeth after me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. This is salvation. And when Christ comes in, he removes the darkness. And verse number four, God divided the light from the darkness. God separated the light from the darkness. The believer no longer lives in darkness, but has the light of life in him. It is... It is one thing for a believer to fall into sin. It is another thing for a believer to live in sin. Do do you hear me? It is one thing for a mistake to be making. It's another thing to live in the mistake that you've made. How can we who have been saved by the grace of God live any longer therein? Does that mean we don't sin anymore? That's not what he's saying at all. We make mistakes, but we don't live in our mistakes. What do we do with those mistakes? What do we do with those sins as a believer? I'll tell you what we do with them. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's not a promise made to unsaved people. It's a promise made to God's people. God divided the light from the darkness. Don't you think, and you don't have to answer this out aloud, might be good to answer it to yourself. Don't you think, that the believer no longer lives in darkness. He may encroach darkness, but he knows and sees it for what it is and goes a different way. That's a new person. In, that's a new beginning. And as God looked on the earth, no longer useless, but good and beautiful, and the earth had a new beginning. It presents to us a picture of this new beginning. Start brand new in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is His doing and not ours. My resolutions, as I have said before, don't last very long. But when God changes a person, they last forever. They last forever. So, here it is. The first opening days of a new year. We're going to have a new beginning. If you're in Christ, you have that. And you have that promise. If you're not in Christ, you do not have that promise. For all life, spiritual life, is in Him. And to know Him is to know life. And to know what life is all about. I hope you have a great wonderful new year keep this in mind may your happiness center in and around the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ let's stand please for prayer